You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Another midweek show for you. Stay coming off that big win out in the desert. You know, it's, it's amazing after the first week or two, the media start talking about teams that have potential. And you're hearing a lot more national media talking about Mississippi State right now. And of course, the dog's still outside the top 25. I really don't take a whole lot of thought into polls at this time of year did you see Sam Pittman what he was talking about with the polls about how he really doesn't care about the polls but the big thing about the polls this time of year is because this is a big recruiting time and to be able to say you're in the top 10 it means a lot and so I can kind of understand that point of view but for all intents and purposes for me I know some people still worked up that you're not in the polls but that really doesn't matter a whole lot to me right now. It's an interesting situation for me because I find myself feeling better about where we are than maybe I did a couple of weeks ago. I feel pretty good. But at the same time, we've done what we were supposed to do. We beat a Memphis team that's not very good. We beat an Arizona team, granted, on the road. I don't think they're very good. They're not terrible. But so I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't bother me that we haven't moved the needles on the poles that much because I feel like at some level we've done what we were supposed to do. Now you go win this week, you go win next week, and all of a sudden you'll start being back and we'll start getting that buzz. This weekend's what it's all about because had you gotten in the polls, you go down to LSU, you're coming right out anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of reminds you a little bit of 2014. And not to say this team is as good as 2014, but we were not ranked going into that LSU game. And that's what kind of propelled you and what made 2014 so crazy is you went from unranked before the LSU game to three weeks later ranked number one in the country. It's phenomenal. Of course, now it's set up pretty well for you because you had Auburn and A&M sitting out there to give you some more big wins. We're going to have Bowling Green, but that's okay. You just keep winning. Things take care of themselves, and, and the buzz kind of builds – and the other good thing you could say, too, is whatever recognition this team gets, it will have earned. There was no free ranking at the beginning of the year for this team. There was no Anthony Richardson-type evaluation going on for these players. <laughs> Did you see that where they were talking about Anthony Richardson and Billy Napier made the statement that he kind of reminds you a lot of Dak and Cam Newton after the first week? And then last week, man, talking about spitting the bit a little bit. And you have to remind yourself – this isn't the NFL. These guys are not as proven as what you see in the NFL. And you can go, and we saw it ourselves, 2019. I mean, K.J. Costello was a Heisman front runner after game one, and that came crashing down pretty quick. Yeah, it can turn in a hurry on you. Yep, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. And get your house and your auto together. You get a little bit of a discount right there if you get your house and your auto, everything with Farm Bureau. But home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for with the insurance world, go see our friends at Farm Bureau. All right, this week, the LSU Fighting Tigers down in Baton Rouge. Do you classify this with it starting at 5 o'clock? 
because LSU breaks it out of what our record is during day games and what our record is during night games. And so if this game is played between 5 and 8.30, do you classify this as a day game or do you classify this as a night game? That's a night game. It's a night game, and here's why. When winning time comes, when it matters down at the end, it's going to be dark and they'll be rowdy. I call this a night game, and if we win it, I'll claim it as a nighttime win. It's after the work day. Some people work late. I work late every day, Charlie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go on. But we also talk about LSU. If they've been tailgating all day and you're winning by the time it takes to the 7 o'clock hour, that may benefit the opposing team more than it benefits the fighting Tigers. So you need to continue the streak of having good starts. We've done that the first two ball games. We have not come out of the dressing room slow. So maybe another one of those games where you got to come out and ready to play. I know we'll get into more of this on our Friday deep dig, but LSU, so much has been talked about how bad they played and how poorly they played in that first game against Florida State, and they really did. First half offensively was not good at all. But they scored touchdowns on their final three drives against Florida State, and they scored touchdowns on their first five drives, albeit against Southern University in their last time out. So they had eight straight possessions that ended in touchdowns. Is that Florida State loss, looking back at that game, and it's been two weeks now, is that Florida State game as bad of a loss as we said it was at the time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What am I missing? Well, because they scored late. It's almost like they finally put it together in the fourth quarter. Am I trying to talk myself into LSU being a really good football team? I think you are. I mean, this was a team that was just completely lost in that ball game against Florida State. That's not to suggest this is going to be – I don't even know that I would have us favored, although we apparently are. But this isn't the Joe Burrow LSU Tigers. Do you think this is a game, and yes, we are favored by, what, one or two points? Is that what it is right now? It started out three, maybe it's like two, and it'll it'll be vastly different but come, uh, come Friday. You know, we started out as an eight-point favorite against Arizona, ended up being like a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. And I don't know where that skews and swings. And you start thinking of all the breakdowns, looking at all the breakdowns, the simulated games and things of that nature, and it all comes down to a one- or two-point game. Don't you just think this game's just the ultimate toss-up? I'm not going to be surprised if we go down there and win by two touchdowns or 17 points. I'm not going to be surprised if you go down there and it's a field goal to win it. I'm not going to be surprised if you lose by 14 to 17 points. That's how I feel like this game is. Am I, have, I wrong? No, I have no feel for this game at all because it's just so hard to tell. The version of me that was watching LSU play Florida State feels pretty good about this. The one that kind of backs away, says new coach, new system, blah, 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 calm down. I'm a little less confident, but here's what it comes down to. Can we move the football? Can we put points on the board? I think our defense is going to keep us in the game. I think our our defense is pretty good. And so then the question becomes, can you go move the football and score? I don't know if there will be a better defense, but it's certainly a more talented defense than we've seen so far. So on today's show, we'll talk to Rod Walker, our old friend from the Jackson Clarion Ledger. You know Rod's a Mississippi native from Yazoo City. He's a Mississippi State alum that he went to Jackson, wrote the preps report. He's a part of that really good Clarion Ledger sports page of yesteryear. And now he's moved on to 
bigger and better things. He's been in New Orleans for a while now. He's a columnist with the Times-Picayune in New Orleans. He writes uh, a column about the Saints each and every week. We're going to talk about State and LSU, and the Saints have their home opener this weekend. So we'll talk to Rod Walker. Later in the show, we'll talk to Rhett Hobart, the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Mississippi State for External Affairs. Rhett back on campus now, Mississippi State guy, and been at Wake Forest back now as heading up the communications and marketing departments on campus. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville, and you're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville, and now we're going to talk with Rod Walker, the columnist for the Times Picking Unit in New Orleans, about Mississippi State, LSU, and the New Orleans Saints. And this conversation brought to you by our friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus now with five locations: Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus. Then you got Ken Crosby, Justin Ward, Andrew Harrison, Drew McGee, and Casey Eccles down in Hickory, Mississippi. Also at Hickory, the rental is Chad Tillman and Ryan Mosley. Now down in Summit, Mississippi, Caleb Pounds with the forestry and the construction equipment. Get that great Saney excavators, mini excavators, and the Barco forestry equipment. Grace Howell now the construction sales manager. And then in Alexandria, Louisiana, it's Hoop Weems. And now in Bessemer, Alabama, it's a new location. Bessemer on I-459, Nathan George and Josh Campbell. And so our good friends at Trax Plus bringing you this conversation with our friend Rod Walker. So let's talk to Rod Walker with the Times Picayune, the advocate down in New Orleans, a Mississippi native, Mississippi State graduate. Rod, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I got excited when I, you know, got the email about doing something with the Mississippi State Connection. So I appreciate you all uh, inviting me out. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about you for a minute. You grew up in what Yazoo City? Is that right? Yeah, born and raised. And then came to Mississippi State. Did you get into journalism straight out of the gate, going into communication, take those classes under Dr. Flick? You becoming a, a columnist and a writer, how did that come about? Yeah, you know, it's a funny story. I never even took Dr. Flick's classes at all. I mean, obviously I knew, of, knew about him, but uh, I majored in industrial engineering, so I spent a lot of time in, I guess that was McCain Hall. I actually started off in computer engineering and ended up switching over to industrial engineering. Uh, graduated in that field and had a job at this um, plant in Pelahatchee, Mississippi, working as a manufacturing plant that supplied parts to uh, General Motors. So anyway, it like two or three years. Then I went to Skytail for an engineering job, the paving company in Jackson. Just didn't really like it, man. I didn't have a passion for that engineering and that technology stuff. And uh, so I started working part-time at the Perry and Ledger in Jackson just to kind of get my foot in the door. I knew some people there. And all I was doing was just taking high school football scores over the phone on a Friday night and just typing in you know, who won the game and who scored the touchdowns. And eventually I uh, told them that I wanted to do some writing, and they started letting me go out and cover a few games. Just, and then the Clarion Ledger started a weekly newspaper out in Madison, Madison County. It's called the Madison County Herald. came out like three times a week. And they're like, hey, Rob, do you want to be the sports writer for this weekly paper? And I was like, sure. I took a, you know, and all this time I'm part-time in the Clarion Ledger. I'm still doing engineering work. So anyway, they offered me this full-time position, so I ended up taking it and quitting my engineering job and career and taking the big pay cut that comes with that, you know, going from engineering to working on a weekly paper. And, you know, two years later, 
open came at the Clarion Ledger. I went to the Clarion Ledger and stayed there for 11, 12 years, I guess, and left in 2013. Came to New Orleans and been here ever since. So uh, it's a, that's kind of my long journey, but that's how I got here. Sarad, you know, Bart and I both got our start doing high school sports. We always have this discussion of guys you remember playing. You've seen a lot of Mississippi high school sports. Who's the athlete you remember most? Who was the best guy you saw play? During my time, I mean, when somebody asked me the best player, I mean, I always say Marcus Dupree, but I never really saw him in person. I mean, I just saw the film, and I know, I mean, how great he was. But, you know, when I talk about the top two players that I covered in my time, which was, you know, basically the late 90s to 2013. It's funny because Todd Kelly and I were talking the other day about the exact same thing. We were like, man, who's the, you know, we, we always kind of bring it up. But we both say Tig Barksdale and South Panola. I mean, I, his career didn't pan out. Him, He didn't make it to the NFL or anything. But, man, as far as high school football, he was. He was incredible. I mean, he just—he was just something special. And um, so I would say Tig at, at, at South Mole would definitely be number one on my list. When people ask me about quarterbacks, you know, I always say, and he didn't make it to the NFL either. But I thought Tyler Russell was really special in high school, and you know, I would have bet money that you know, I, I thought he was like a surefire NFL guy. I thought he had all the tools and things. And you know, sometimes things don't work out. You know, those are two guys that like kind of popped to mind. You know, immediately. Um, Obviously, you have guys like Dante Walker who are really, you know, he was really special. I missed the Cam Akers years. I, you know, he was in the I guess, eighth grade by the time I left uh, Jackson. You know, he, he was really special. Special. I didn't really get to see um, Simmons from Knoxville County. I didn't see him. I thought Fletcher Cox, I thought was really, really good. Uh, so, I mean, just a bunch of guys that, that have come through there. But Tig uh, Barksdale would definitely be number one on my list. Talking to Rod Walker with the times Picayune down in New Orleans. Hey, you mentioned some of those high school games. I, I saw Tyler Russell – and Meridian play against Sal Panola in that state championship game. You start thinking about all the guys that you saw, and you mentioned Fletcher Cox. Fletcher, the thing I remember about Fletcher Cox is when he came to Mississippi State, he was pretty much like a defensive end. He wanted to play defensive end in college, and he wasn't that big of a dude, but, man, he grew into a D-tackle. He did, man. He was, I mean, he was lean. He played basketball. and yeah, He, he looks like a totally different person now. I mean, he just totally became a – he's just a grown man now. You see him on – you know, watch him on Sundays and it's incredible to watch. You, you know, you mentioned that South Panola game against Meridian. And I still give Ty Kelly a hard time about this because we both made predictions that night. I picked Meridian to win. I said that streak of South Panola streak is going to come to an end tonight. And, and it did. And uh, it was, that was Tyler Russell's 18th birthday. I still remember it. It was, uh, you know, December the 4th. I, and that date is always kind of stuck in my mind. And every time I see Tyler's birthday come up on Facebook, I think about it like, man, it's the same. You know, you beat your, you beat South Panola on your 18th birthday. And, uh, so just some, you know, some good memories you're bringing back here. No doubt. And the thing I remember about that night is how cold it was. Man, it was it was freezing cold. All right, let's talk a little bit about LSU. You've been in Louisiana now for, for nine years. And so just out of the gate, if, if you if you put a meter on LSU fans that, that you're around, 10's the highest, 1's the lowest, where do you think they're grading Brian Kelly right now? Where do you think the, the sense of love is for the, the new coach at LSU? I think it's probably right in the middle. And I'm probably, probably at a five right now. And I think I think this weekend can definitely shift things. But I mean, you look at them. You know what happened against Florida State, especially how slow they started at the gate. They didn't play well that night. I mean, they weren't good on special teams. They weren't. They just weren't good at a lot of different things that night. And then they played Southern last week, and I don't think you can really get a gauge of anything from last week's game. So I think this is one of those games that I mean, you look at the spread. State's a two and a half point favorite. So this is like a on paper, at least, it looks like an even matchup. And I think with them being at home, they want to see Brian Kelly get a win against an SEC West opponent. If they don't, I think you're going to hear a lot of grumblings this weekend. 
when you start to look at this LSU team, Mississippi State fans, at least certainly me, the thing that always pops into my mind when I start thinking about LSU is the Joe Burrow team from a couple of years ago, the team that had just NFL-wide receivers all over the place, talented quarterback. Where right now is LSU talent-wise in your mind compared to where they were when they were actually making that championship run? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if they'll ever get back quite to that level. I mean, they kind of had lightning in a bottle that year, I feel like. I mean, when you look at the – you watch NFL games now, you see guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Joe Burr. I mean, they just – that team was really incredible. And I don't – it'll be hard for many college teams to get that type of talent on this roster at the same time. And uh, things that's really kind of worked out for them. But I think they're not there right now, I don't feel like. And uh, who knows if Brian Kelly can get them there. I mean, you have to get a lot of good talent at the same time. So uh, I'm not sure if, if they're there. And I don't know if they'll ever get there, <laughs> get back quite to that level of talent. I think teams, I think they're, I mean, they're LSU. And I mean, you know the resources they have and the talent in the state of Louisiana. So I, I know they can. They probably can get the national championship, or at least in the, you know, they can be a playoff team, you know, at some point, but I just don't think they're there quite right now. Talking to Rod Walker. Rod, Mississippi State wise, of course, you've been a, a Mississippi State guy. Do you ever have a chance to, to watch the dogs play baseball on TV, or do you have a chance to follow? I know you're so busy right now covering the Saints, but how close do you, do you have a chance to, to see what's going on here in Startwell? No, I still keep up. I mean, I, I mean, the national championship run, I was definitely all in that season watching it. I remember telling other group texts from my friends with the stadium. You know, we kind of talked about how I thought that team had a chance to really make a run, and they did. And so I still watch, I still watch, you know, I watch Mississippi State football on Saturdays whenever I'm not traveling to a Saints game or from at home. And I uh, didn't really know we were Rogers in high school, but I knew, you know, I knew his dad, and you knew, you knew the Rogers family. And obviously, I was, you know, Living close to, to Brandon, so I kept up with Brandon high school football. So I, I still keep up with those with high school football in Mississippi. I look at scores sometimes, and it's kind of weird, you know. Man, it's the same teams that are still pretty much running things. I mean, you can see West Point, Starkville, Madison, Brandon. You know, the same teams are really good, and, and I still keep up with them. And you know, it's kind of fun. You get older, and some of these players are, yeah, you know, that's you know, some form of that. They're paying Hamilton's son. I use him for example, but kind of weird like man paying Hampton has a fun now that this is the state I mean it's crazy to, to see that kind of stuff you know I have to endure just about every week listening to Bart talk about the New Orleans Saints and <laughs> always talking about their future run to a Super Bowl I'm a Cowboys guy so it pains me to have to hear that every week I know where my Cowboys are this year they're not very good where are the New Orleans Saints right now in terms of how do you see them stacking up this year as this thing plays out before the season started, like when the schedule first came out, and after watching this team in training camp in the preseason, uh, I predicted them to go like twelve and five, or and I even I kind of went thirteen and four, which when I talked to some people, I know that's really high expectations, and um, I like it. And I you know I had them competing like you know for, for that top seed in the NFC. I just felt like with the pieces they had last year and what they brought in, you know, they caught some bad breaks last year too. When you think about the. Um, you know, Hurricane Ida and all the COVID, you know, games they're missing players because of COVID. And I just felt like this team improved so much with the people they brought in, especially the receiver core and, and some of the um, guys in the secondary. So I just thought they would be really good. Now, the first three quarters on Sunday, I was like, man, I may have really blew this um, prognostication because they would look really bad against the Falcons and they found a way to win that game. I think the team, I think they're really gritty, which is the word that Dennis Allen always uses to describe this team. And, uh, they have a chance to be really good. We'll we'll know more about them 
we'll know more about the Saints and Mississippi State on Sunday, um, this weekend. I mean, both of them have really uh, big games. So we'll, we'll see how both of them are. I do get a chance to talk to J.T. Gray a lot. You know, we always sort of talk in the locker room with us former Mississippi State guy. And uh, we actually talked about the game yesterday. I was asking, like, man, what are you thinking? He's like, yeah, I think the State's going to get them. And I was like, yeah, I think so too. I think Will Rogers can really have a, a big game on Saturday. I mean, I don't know if he'll have a case. I don't know if he'll have KJ Costello type numbers like, you know, last time State was in that day. But I do think uh, Will Rogers can have a really big day. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Rob, before we let you go, Sean Payton was a long-time coach down there, been around that program for a long time in New Orleans, and now Dennis Allen in his first year. Now, I know Dennis Allen has been there, but any differences in just the style, not just the play, but just the, the mannerisms around the locker room? Is, is, has there been a big culture change from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen? I don't think so, and I think that's the reason he hired Dennis Allen because he had been around and he knew the culture. Uh, I think as far as the play on the field, I don't think there's much difference at all. Uh, obviously, they have some receivers now. They can do some things and, you know, deeper down the field. But I think the biggest thing we've noticed, though, is that Dennis is a little bit more laid back with the media. You know, there were some things like if a player got injured, Sean Payne would never even address it. Like, say, you know, his answer was always, uh, we'll see, or, you know, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. But Dennis will uh, just tell you, like, yeah, you know, I was Kamara dealing with the rib injury. And as far as the media, I think we appreciate how transparent Dennis has been with, with injuries and uh, just kind of made you know, it makes things a little easier when, when you when you have a coach who, who's that transparent with things. Hey, man, good to talk to you, Rod. Hey, does the Superdome have the coldest press box in the NFL? Coldest one I've been in by far. I don't think it's even close. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not even close. Uh, I don't know why it's that cold, but it is. And we, we always try to warn other media members when they come to town. They bring a coat, bring a hat, whatever you got to do because – you want to freeze in here. I mean, you can set a piece of paper on your on your desk, you know, where you're sitting, and the paper just start blowing like, you know, like you're in the like you're in a tornado. Or something. So it's really <laughs> wild that the press box is like that. Hey, good to talk to you, man. All right, thanks, man. That's Rod Walker, columnist with the New Orleans Times Picayune. Charlie, you look back to that newsroom he was talking about with Todd Kelly. You think of Rick Cleveland, Veezy. I hate to say that out loud because I give him such a hard time. Ian Rappaport, Sekou Smith, rest in peace for Sekou, great guy. Man, you think back to, to that time in the 2000s about really how for, Rusty Hampton, how fortunate we were to have just a really good statewide newspaper. No, and I go back, we've talked so many times about waking up on Sunday and reading the paper, reading Rick Cleveland, seeing what they had to say. We had a really good run there for a while in terms of guys coming in here to cover this team. And Rod Walker, as we said, Mississippi State, I didn't realize he was an engineering guy and just started writing. But uh, you could follow him on Twitter and know that he is a huge state, especially baseball fan. He keeps up with state baseball very, very closely. And so that was a good good conversation with our good friend Rod Walker down at the times Picayune in New Orleans. And that conversation brought to you by our friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus with five locations. That's Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators if you're in the construction world. If, if you're working, you're seeing a lot more in municipalities right now, a lot more citywide 
contracts or county contracts with Trax Plus, Barco equipment for the Forester. And so go by and see our friends at all five locations, Hickory, Startwell, Summit, Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama at Trax Plus. When Charlie and I come back, we'll talk to Rhett Hobart, the Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director at Mississippi State for External Affairs. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. That was a good conversation with Rod Walker of the Times-Picayune in New Orleans. Now time for another guest segment, this time our good friend Rhett Hobart with the Mississippi State Athletic Department. He'll join us in this conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi. So many different varieties. It's all great stuff. And this segment with Red Hobart brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. So let's talk to Red Hobart, the senior associate or executive senior associate athletic director for external affairs. Is that right? That's right. Can he get you something to drink? Did I'm Charlie great. offer you anything to drink? He, he didn't. Y'all both have drinks. I'm okay, though. I'll just I'll make it through. Welcome to the Farm Bureau Studios. We have many leather-bound books. We appreciate you joining us. It's a nice bookcase. Rhett, welcome back to State. I guess uh, before we get into game days and things like that, a little bit about you. You're a Mississippi State guy from the Delta. When did you graduate? How long were you gone? Just a little bit of background. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I was a, a third-generation Mississippi State graduate, so I don't think uh, coming out of high school I had any other choice or it would be I wouldn't get support from the family for any other choice, but I never wanted to go anywhere else. So came to Mississippi State uh, – after a number of major and degree changes, graduated in uh, 2012, um, started working athletics that summer. Um, worked in athletics here about eight and a half years, a number of roles, mainly all in the marketing, fan experience, branding side of things. Um, left here at the start of COVID. That was an experience. I, don't, I do not recommend moving across the country uh, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Um, but I moved to uh, take an associate AD job overseeing uh, fan experience and brand development at Wake Forest in uh, March of 2020. Actually got offered the job while walking out of the arena in Nashville when we had just announced the tournament was canceled. So that was an experience. Great timing. It was fun. I drove to Weston that weekend to try to find some housing and then moved up there in April. Um, So they came back here for this role uh, in May of this year. Um, You know, it was honestly, Wake Forest was great. It was it was hard to leave. Had it not been for Mississippi State and coming home, I probably would not have left. And so I uh, came back for this role in May um, and have been – we kind of hit the ground running as a team since. So you have this time at Wake Forest. One of the things we talk about all the time, whether it's on the professor side, whether it's on the athletic side, is kind of the value of cross-pollinating now and then. What did you find value being away from Mississippi State? Without a doubt. I mean, it changed my the way I think, the way I perceive our Mississippi State, perceive our brand in some ways, um, perceive the SEC in some ways. I mean, I was in a you know, part of the benefit for me that I felt was when I when I looked at that Wake Forest job when that process started, you know, one of the things that attracted me was um, one, the chance to go to a different conference and experience different schools game days and both travel around the league, you know, with our teams and seeing ACC basketball for one, you know, going to a game in Cameron Indoor, that's an experience you don't get otherwise in a lot of ways. Um, And so 
you know, for me, again, being a third-generation Mississippi State graduate, growing up in Mississippi, all my experience was Mississippi State. You know, obviously in your in-state schools, Ole Miss, traveling around the SEC, you see things, but you really don't see some things or you don't see some perspectives the same way being here your whole life and whole career. And so for me, going to Wake Forest changed my perception and the way I think about a lot of things. I tell folks a lot, the biggest difference for me in going there was it's a big city market. People don't understand sometimes that 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 Tri-County area, there's 2 million people. I mean, it's a big area up there in, in the Piedmont Triad. And so, you know, it's a, it's a big city market from a, from a promotion standpoint, from an experience standpoint. But what's also unique is that because Wake Forest is private and so small, it's the smallest Power 5 school in the country at 5,400 students. And so there's really not a built-in fan base. And so what's unique is that, you know, they graduate such a small number per year and they recruit so nationally and even internationally that when folks graduate there, they don't stay in Winston-Salem. They don't stay in North Carolina. I mean, if you look at the alumni base from, from the more recent alumni base at Wake Forest, they're moving to Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York City. And so when you're trying to do things to drive traffic to sell out a football game, or a basketball game when the arena seats 15,000, it is really difficult. And so it makes you really dive into grassroots, traditional, new marketing efforts in a big city market where you have every pro team in the area that, that you're competing with. So it made me think a lot differently in terms of brand development, marketing, um, and all kind of aspects of external. And that's what's been so crazy for me and Charlie, too, is we, we've been able to travel around. You see different things and you know, going around the country and – in this world of marketing, and we're thinking about the world of athletics, you hate to say the term, we all steal ideas, but that's the way this industry is. I mean, you look at, at what's what's going on at one university, but like you just said, just because it works at Wake Forest doesn't mean it works at Ohio State. And just because it works at Penn State doesn't make it work at Mississippi State. You have to figure out what works in so many different areas. One of the things that has worked at some different areas is what the group out of Arkansas and Bo Mattingly, now the Hell State Plus. And you see what Matt Wyatt has begun, and we're launching that today. That is a product that has worked at a lot of different places. What's going on with Hell State Plus? Yeah, so I, th- I think some some that's a great point. Some background there that's interesting to, in perspective to look at is, you know, building and running a creative team is not cheap. You know, it is expensive. Our, our creative team here at Mississippi State really started in its infancy in 2014, and that was convenient timing for launching a creative team with that football season. Um, and, and it was really created in a lot of ways after the 2013 College World Series run. We saw that there was the need really seen to have a true creative team in-house. Um, you know, prior to that, we had been outsourcing. And so in 2014, we started the development of the creative team, and it really has grown drastically since then to a really about a 12-person creative team comprised of creative video, photography, and graphic design, which pretty much everything you see and have seen the last few years um, has come out of that team. Um, and one of the feedbacks I've gotten a lot, and it was the same way at Wake Forest, and really here, you know, when that creative team started in 2014, people saw it and saw mostly those long-form Hell State highlights, relentless features, those things. And um, what happened over time was there was really a deep dive into that and looking at what do our coaches need because as things have progressed in this industry, um, recruiting and the need for recruiting-based content every day and quantity has really evolved to where to our coaches in a lot of ways, quantity matters over quality. 
and that's hard to say, but they need something to send to a recruit every day. They need something they can do to sell their program every day. Whereas in the start of creative teams around the league and around the country in college athletics, it was more focused on, man, a really good piece of content per week or, you know, two or three. And so I get asked a lot, why do we move away from those style of videos? And the truth is, when that happened, is it's based on what our coaches think they need in recruiting, what they're competing against. And, you know, it's hiring creatives is expensive and having equipment is expensive. And so, you know, what we heard a lot over the last, you know, since I got here in May, um, and, and it was we need still long-form content. The truth is, with the number of creatives we have in our department, um, their time is consumed every day with what they're already doing in the in the short form content we're putting out. And so to be able to get to where we want to be, we had to add staff. In a lot of ways, what's unique about the model of Sport and Story and what's, what, what, what created Health State Plus for us is that, you know, a lot of the risk and investment is taken on by Sport and Story. They come in as a third party and they invest all the financial resources to make this thing happen. And then it's based on a subscription model, sponsorship model to, to create the, you know, I guess the efficacy and to be able to sustain it. And so, you know, they came in and hired four additional creatives. They're making a seven-figure investment in this, in this for us annually um, to make it happen. And it allows us now to add additional content through four more creatives to a video team um, to be able to put together long-form features. So it launched today. Uh, today was launch day for us. If you log into the platform at hillstate.com slash plus, you'll see um, a number of pieces of content. The marquee content that's on there right now at launch is a feature called The Follow. And obviously, Matt Wyatt is leading this whole effort as a general manager. He's doing an incredible job in doing that. Um, and The Follow is kind of a modernized version of The Relentless Show in some ways. It is a inside-the-team feature every week. There's six episodes live now. The first four are inside training camp, so preseason camp for football, and then episodes five and six are the Memphis and Arizona games. And what I would say, too, is, you know, when you log in today and you see the content, know that is just content at the launch. There will be content on there added every day, every week going forward as we keep building and adding to it. In a lot of ways, you know, you're kind of starting from scratch a month ago, a month and a half, two months ago, when we're starting this, this contract and getting this agreement in place, and so... Matt has been putting together great features, film rooms to follow all these things that are live on there. and It'll be added to every day going forward. So how does it work as a fan? Monthly subscription? So you can do either a monthly or an annual. The monthly subscription is $7.99 or you can pay $87.89. You get a month free if you pay for it annually. So let me ask you this. A lot of people, when you start to read the internet, which is sometimes a dangerous thing to do, but a lot of times you will see people talk about creative teams and their importance. Have you ever done any looking to the degree to which those things drive people into the stands? I don't know that I have hard data for that, but I can look at data of how tickets are sale, sold based on links included in posts. So we track every single link included in any social media post, email, website, and we can see when somebody buys a ticket how they buy it. Data is a little bit creepy nowadays. I mean, it is in some ways, but it, it's helpful. And so if we put a video out and there's a link in it, we can tell how many tickets are sold for what game based on that single video that went out. So you can begin to track the value in some of that. But I think a lot of the value in those content is excitement building that you really can't track. I mean, you see it by, hopefully you see it from the Memphis game, and there was a very coordinated effort for that game around grassroots marketing, traditional marketing, creative marketing from video, social 
perspectives, and we have the largest first game crowd since 2016 before the lightning delay. And then, but but yeah, I mean, it's hard to directly correlate it, but it's value in it. I mean, when I got to Wake Forest, there was no creative team. We built that over that time there. You know, the timing was also convenient last year for Wake. We had a great year in football um, and, in, and in basketball as well. And so there's value in today's world in telling the stories of our athletes, building their personal brand through how we tell stories, and then trying to build excitement through teams. I mean, people are through, our, through video and content. We're a visual world nowadays, more so than we've ever been. People are looking to watch more than they are read a lot of times or listen. And so we have to keep growing our content we put out from a video, social, graphics perspective. Hail State Tailgate, is that what it's called? It Outside is. The, of course, we're in the stadium. Charlie and I are doing the pregame show two hours out, so we're not, we're not privy to tailgating like we used to. And, but I've had some people ask me about what's going on outside the stadium that's new this year. Sure. So, you know, we're not naive that the cost of a game day experience is becoming more expensive every year in getting to Starkville and tailgating and tickets and everything around it. The cost of everything is going up everywhere right now. And so the goal we have is to try to take away any single detractor that would keep you from coming to campus. And if that means the detractor from you coming to campus is having to take up the hassle of setting up a tailgate, we want to take that away. Uh, you know, I think COVID changed a lot in every, every, every aspect. But one of the biggest things that changed that from an athletic perspective um, is that there's probably people who had rarely ever missed a home football game that had to miss and they realized, to our, to our dismay in some ways, how easy it is to sit on your couch, best seat in the house, free parking, a lot cheaper alcohol, free concessions, and get to watch it there. And so uh, that hurt us from a sales standpoint. And so we're in a battle right now in regaining fans in our venues and this is a big part of that. And it's everywhere. It's not just Mississippi it's State everywhere. problem. Everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's national championship contenders that are having difficulties right now filling stadiums. There is no, there's no doubt if you look across the country and you see construction projects in football stadiums and other venues, they are almost unanimously about reducing capacity and adding value everywhere. I mean, it's happening everywhere right now. The truth of it is college athletic venues have almost been – built to a capacity that is not sustainable in today's model of college athletics. Um, and you look at Alabama, just, re- just reduced capacity. Um, you know, obviously we had the balconies reduced capacity. It's everywhere. And so the model nowadays has to be providing a more premium experience that can compete with what you can get watching at home on TV and your, in your couch. You know, John Cohen talks a lot about, you know, that the, the west side and the east side lower levels of our stadium were built 100 years ago. They've got a 27-inch tread. The people have changed a lot in 100 years in terms of our size and 27-inch treads and space for your knees is not what you see in a modern stadium. Not uh, just space for knees. <laughs> for, for, you know, Charlie's getting on to me all the time about how much weight I've gained. And so, anyway, it's, 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 it's width as well. We're going to start selling you two tickets. <laughs> kind of like the airline. But, but to go back to, the, I guess, the initial question that was asked, so, so we added the Hell State tailgate experience. The goal is to create a space that you can walk up on game day, no setup, no hassle. There are uh, food trucks on site. There are drink portable serving, soft drinks, water, and alcohol. Uh, and there are two large video screens showing other games, places to sit, places to stand, and then live music throughout the day. So it starts around four hours prior to kickoff. Um, for night kicks, we're probably going to flex that up to six hours before kickoff. Um, but for our 11 a.m., it'll stay the, you know, the normal time. And then it's a place to hang out before the game that's free right in the heart of the junction. That was a big part of this for us was 
putting it in a space that felt natural, that you wanted to be a part of, not somewhere you had to walk away from the central area to experience it. Red, appreciate you coming over. Good to see you. Great to see you all. Thank you all for the opportunity. I don't know why I said great to see you. I see you every day. Every day. That's okay. Red Hobart, Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Affairs, handling all the marketing. I could talk with Red for a while. Red's a, Red's a good dude. Great to have him back in the department. The thing you know about Red, here's the thing you know about Red. He's a Mississippi State guy, and you know the decisions that he makes are what's best for Mississippi State. It's not about just his resume. It's about what's best for Mississippi State. It's always great to talk to Red in that conversation. Brought to you by our friends at Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage. Charlie and I will come back. We'll have a final word on this week's Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Final segment here in the Farm Bureau studios. Charlie, good conversations this week with Rod Walker and Red Hobart. And now we get ready for Friday Deep Dig this coming Friday. And two pretty good guys right there. No, absolutely. two. And, and you said this earlier, but two state guys. Rod Walker now has to suffer the indignity of covering the New Orleans no, Saints. No, no, sir. As a Cowboys fan, you're going to bring that today? Yeah, after probably what, not. After what they probably did last week? Probably not. Yeah, I'll back away from that. All right, Charlie, what's going on at the GSDP this week? Go to startwell.org if you're coming to campus or coming to Startwell, game day or game weekend or not. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's coming up on game weekend. So next time you're in town, the brunch and browse takes place uh, when it's a game weekend in Starville beginning on the Sunday after the game. So on Sunday, they've got special shopping and dining hours, participating restaurants downtown. And on Saturdays, they still have the farmer's market. And so you've got a chance to kind of get out, walk around. It's starting to feel a little bit more like fall, so it's a good day to good time to be outdoors. Especially early in the mornings. Man, I love early in the mornings right now. I mean, it felt good. I may start growing some stuff down on the farm and bring it to the farmer's market. Would you buy it? No. No, but I would expect you to bring me some. It's kind of like that country-pleasing sausage that you wanted me to bring you for free. Yeah, that never quite made it to me. Yes. Made it all the way to your freezer and then to your grill. So if you're coming to Startwell, make your plans. Make your plans where to eat. Startwell.org. Make those restaurant reservations when you're coming into town. A lot of great new restaurants here in Startwell. Mississippi's college town. All right, Charlie, that'll do it. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got our Friday deep dig. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. Once again, we're brought to you by Farm Bureau, Tracks Plus, Country Pleasing Sausage, start with Mississippi's college town, and our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your banking needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.